HN Podcast. I am John Miller, along with Rob Howe of HawkeyeNation.com. And Rob and I are going to talk a good deal about uh, Iowa's recently concluded spring football practice session, as well as get caught up on the latest in recruiting, as Rob has a full handle on that for HawkeyeNation.com. Rob, it's been a, a long time since we've done one of these. I hope that your jaw works and you remember how to talk. Yeah. Yeah. I don't forget about that. Having three kids around the house. I, I'm talking a lot and more than I would like to in some instances. But uh, yeah, it's good to do this again. I know I've had people ask us to do this more often and we try. We Both of us have busy schedules and we try to do it as best we can. So um, we want you know, to hopefully we both, people well, yeah, enjoy we, this one and we'll do we, it more often when we can. Right. We both want to. But the biggest problem is Rob goes to sleep at seven o'clock every night. <laughs> so, hey, that's true. It's almost past my bedtime. So we got to squeeze this one in. You know, when I when I saw the news that Aaron Moran of Happy Days and Joni fame passed away last week, the f- person I thought of was Chachi. Uh, and then I thought of you because I've always thought you've looked like Scott Bayo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't, we, I don't have much in common with Scott Bayo, but maybe our looks, um, <laughs> he looks a lot better. He's in a lot better shape than I am now, but yeah, that stunk. I remember, you know, I was a big fan of that show. You and I are in similar age group and, uh, that, uh, when these guys, the people that start, uh, leaving us at this point, um, each one seems to hit home a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I, I don't have any like list of topics and certainly Joni was not one of the ones I'd talked about, <laughs> nor did you uh, nor were you aware of that. All right, let's get on to football. Um, football practice spring over for Iowa. You know, probably not enough practices, uh, not a, not as many as the coaches would have liked, given some of the developmental challenges that this program finds itself in uh, at this juncture. It probably needed a lot more. I watched a good chunk of the spring game on BTN. You were there. It was really, unless you're a fan of Iowa or you basically do a job like we do covering them uh, in various to, to various degrees, it wasn't really all that fun to watch. And if I was just a casual fan, I probably would have turned it off after about 10 minutes. Yeah, it was uh, painful. I think is a word I would use uh, offensively. It just, they look like, it, as you said, develop, developmental program looked, you know, steep in the developmental stages right now. And, uh, you know, I don't think we got any answers to the questions we had coming into the offseason and, and as it, re, you know, relates to uh, the receiver position, which was a, a huge sore thumb last year. Um, and who would replace C.J. Beathard? I think we go into August still wondering those things. And, uh, you know, they'll get plenty of seven-on-seven work this summer and then show up in camp. And you just have to hope, like every year around here, John, that it comes together. That's that's kind of this. That's the blueprint around here. It doesn't look good in the spring, and you hope it comes together by September. Right. And, and that's something I was also going to add or should have at least then, but I will now. Um the caveat I should have added is I think I remember one year specifically where I thought the offense looked pretty decent in the spring, and that was in 2002. 
And Kirk has even said several times since that season that he actually thought they might have had something um, that year, heading into that year, and we're going to sneak up on <clears throat> a lot of people, which they did. But, but more often than not, I've, I've usually come away from Iowa's spring game and spring football practice, the, the windows of time that we get unimpressed with the offense wondering if the defense is as good as they looked or if the offense just wasn't that good and I think given the fact that Iowa just doesn't routinely bring in four-star wide receivers and skill position players like that Akram Wadley didn't play Matt Vandenberg was unhealthy Germanique Smith you know was still out uh, with the academic uh, suspension and you're talking about you know no quarterback who's ever started a college game in their career shouldn't be all that surprised because the strength of this team and what they would have done if it was a game week preparation is they would have run the ball 60 times and you're just not going to do that in a spring practice session because you know you can do that with offensive line being probably the stalwart position returning on your team yeah I would agree with you on the the spring offensive outlooks most years maybe 2010 uh, when you had Stanzi and um, you know DJK and McNutt and those guys back um, they were somewhat established, but for the most part, it's, you know, it's, it's the, it's the part of the team that is the last part to catch up most years. Um, and I will say that for the defense, Josie Jewell hardly played at all during the spring game. Um, Matt Nelson was out, um, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here. There were a lot of, 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 um, first team defensive guys that didn't play much on the spring right. game there. So that kind of, to me, when I was thinking about it, I was like, yeah, Josie Joel didn't play much. Parker Hesse didn't play much. Uh, Anthony Nelson didn't play a lot. Matt Nelson was out. Budgeter was out. Um, you know, Snyder's out. Although Gervais looked like the second coming of, of Snyder and, and, uh, and, and Brett Greenwood. Um, right. he, he's really the bright spot of the spring game. So, yeah, I mean, and, and those, you know, we don't know the health of Matt Nelson. Um, we don't know the health of Budgeta. There's a lot of hot spots on this team right now going into the summer. Um, is it more than other years? It's hard to say. Um, but there are spots that, you know, it's, it's going to be a huge August for this team. And, and more, more often than not, it is that way. Um, but I, I think it's, it's really huge this year. This question isn't necessarily so much are you surprised based on what you've seen, but are, were you surprised when, you know, the talk during the, the spring interview sessions was that Nathan Stanley and Tyler Wiegers were going to have a true real quarterback competition and it was neck and neck? Obviously, based on what we've seen, you've seen them twice, once in West Des Moines and then once in Iowa City last week. I've seen them just on TV on the Big Ten Network. It, it. I didn't really see a quarterback that separated himself. If if I had to, you know, make a pick, I'd probably still lean Stanley because he has a really strong arm. I think he needs to learn to back off of that arm a little bit. Kind of look like Jake Christensen trying trying to throw through walls out there. But um, are you surprised that the that the quarterback competition uh, is you know basically is a competition after they pulled the shirt off Stanley and he seemed like he was anointed. I guess in hindsight, John, I guess I'll, I'll uh, be, take a cop-out way to say this. I was surprised initially when we first started spring ball and Kirk said that um, because, you know, when we 
we figured last fall, you know, Stanley beat out Wiggers uh, for the backup job behind CJ. Um, and then, the, you know, Kirk released the depth chart in January. Again, Stanley's on top. It's not an either-or situation. You're thinking, okay, they're going to go into the spring, and, and Stanley's going to try to hold off Wiggers. And almost from the jump, it was an even competition. I don't even remember. Maybe the first press conference Kirk said, he, he, he basically said it was an even competition. And, and I don't think many people outside the building saw that coming. I think people just assumed, maybe wrongfully so, that, that Stanley had the position. But if you look at it in hindsight, with a new offensive coordinator, new quarterback coach, a lot of moving pieces on offense and skill positions, you know, new tight ends, new wide receivers, guys in and out of the lineup. Um, it kind of does make sense for them to kind of clean the slate a little bit and say, okay, th- here's this, here's the new system. This is what we want from you guys. Whoever shows us they can do it the best will be that starter uh, against Wyoming. Um, I agree with you. I still think Stanley probably has the, the most upside here, but it would not shock me at all if Wiggers is that guy uh, game one. If he if the coaches are most comfortable what, with what he can do um, in terms of not making mistakes, because that's no matter what the offense is, John, and you know this and, and who's running it. If you're a guy that's going to make mistakes and not be able to, you know, run what the coaches want to do, Kirk, that's Kirk. And he's at the base of all this offense, defense, special teams. His beliefs are the most important. Um, And he's not going to put a guy out there if he doesn't think he's ready. Sure. No doubt about it. Having Ken O'Keefe back to a a good, uh, a good sage eye. I remember back to the Christensen Stanzi going into the um, 2008 season. Based upon what I know, and I believe this to be true, O'Keefe was O'Keefe was in the Stanzi camp. Um, Kirk went with Jake to start with. Felt like you know he put in the work, as Mark Morehouse of the Gazette would say. He you know had his union card. He'd put his time in. Um, and then, of course, there was the uh, second half of the Pittsburgh game at Pitt where Kirk went with Jake when Stanzi looked better uh, based on a gut feel. And after that point in time, it was Ricky Stanzi all the way. Um, so that they can have differences of opinions over there. Uh, I think that having Ken there and, and when they have these changes in systems, maybe it's just some of the change in the nomenclature, the verbiage of the system from Davis to O'Keefe. And Stanley obviously is learning something new, along with Uyghurs learning something new. Uyghurs has been uh, around a major college football program for two more years than Stanley has. Maybe Uyghurs and his maturity advantage he has on Stanley allows him to process things and maybe pull even. But I still think gift set-wise, Stanley's got the bigger upside. Yeah, I would agree. And we saw the case you're talking about with Stanzi and Christensen. Christensen and Arvell Nelson, if you go back to 2006, Drew Tate's last year, they were light years ahead of, of, of Ricky, Ricky Stanzi. And then Ricky just slowly progressed and got better and better. And Wiggers, you know, I think people forget sometimes that these guys develop at different stages and at different times. And maybe it's kicked in for Wiggers, as you said. Maybe he's, you know, feeling really comfortable now. And this is his chance. I mean, it, you got to give the kid credit for for turning it up a little bit, knowing that he's got a chance and, and making the most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for Stanley, 
I'm sure his head's spinning a little bit. He comes in last whatever, June. His first camp is in August. He's trying to learn everything there. And then, boom, you know, February rolls around and he's got a new playbook. That's a lot for a young guy to handle. So, like I said, in hindsight, initially I was surprised. But in hindsight, if you look back and look at, you know, put all of the components into what's going on here, it makes a lot of sense. And it'll be interesting to see how they develop in seven-on-sevens in the next several months here to, to see how they end up in August. And the dynamic's interesting because I remember with the Rudolph, and Bethard thing, they both had their favorite receivers. They had guys that came in in their classes and guys that they connected mm. with. And when, you know, in the summertime, people don't realize the coaches aren't involved. These quarterbacks call up the receivers and say, hey, do you want to throw? You want to get some extra work in? It'll be interesting to see which guy gets which receivers to work with um, because it probably won't be a situation where everybody's working together. It could be that, but a lot of times it's it's at separate times when they can work it in around their schedule. These guys take summer classes a lot too, so sometimes that's a factor. That's a good point. Obviously more positions than just quarterback, wide receiver. Nick Easley, you wrote about him extensively this spring just about how much many several of the Iowa coaches talked about this you know wide receiver from a junior college in Iowa that nobody wanted and I mean just judging by the tea leaves from the history of Ferentz and how you know he'll throw he'll throw compliments around to underclassmen like their manhole covers um, it's rare for them, for everybody to be singing a similar refrain on a player like this who hasn't played a second of football for Iowa. Yeah, he teased us a little bit, Kirk, that is, on, on the, you know, at the first spring press conference when he brought him up and he said, there you go, there's a little, almost saying like, here's a little rumor to get started. And we all kind of looked at each other. And I and at that point, I'm thinking to myself, oh, that's a nice story, but, you know, guys are out. It's a, it's a thin core right now until, you know, the, the freshmen get in here in June and in July. Um, but then when you know, Kelton Copeland came and, and kind of boosted up Nick as well. And then Brian Ferentz kind of hit, hit, you know, took it and knocked those guys in with a homer out of the park and just said, he's the best guy. He's been the best receiver day to day that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's not a deep group right now um, with Vandenberg out and Germanic Smith out, but the kid, and if I, I watched him in West Des Moines and I watched him again the other day, he's just, he, he looks like, you know, and then hopefully people don't get upset for me saying this because it, sometimes people cringe, but he looks like an Iowa football player. He blocks his butt off. He, he plays hard. Uh, he runs good routes. He's got good hands. Um, he's not a burner. He's not huge by any means. I think they list him at six one or six foot. He may not even be that. He's he's a legit two to two ten though. He's a solid workout warrior type. So um, it's a nice find. I mean, it's a nice get. Reese Morgan again coming through uh, with a kid that played at Newton in high school, and I'm sure Reese knew him from that. And then again at Iowa Western. Um, so if you add him in with. You hope you get Vandenberg back. You hope Jermenic Smith figures figures out whatever this academic stuff is and gets back. Um, then you got Devonte Young. You bring in these freshmen, uh, Adrian Falconer. There are guys there that could emerge. It's just it's, there's so many unknowns, John. It's just hard to know. Indeed, indeed, there are a lot of uh, moving parts. Tokes and Torin 
getting the majority of the reps at running back with Akram Wadley not taking any hits this spring, which I think is pretty smart. Akram doesn't really need to take those hits, in my opinion, even though we are just, what, 18 or so months removed from Akram not being trusted to carry the ball because of ball security issues. Uh, he is now the man. What did you see from these two? To me, uh, Torn Young looks like he is tailor-made for a one-cut get-north offense like the zone-blocking scheme that Iowa usually runs more often than not. Yeah, he's definitely more like a LaShawn Daniels, Marcus Coker type. And uh, that's obviously what they need. They don't really have that. And I, I wouldn't say Tokes is Akram. I think Tokes is probably more um, in the Der- Derek Mitchell mold. Um, and I'm just trying to make recent comps for people. Um and I and I think Tokes has some really nice ability as well. He's fast. He's he's faster than than Torn. He's a little bit more shifty side to side. It'll be interesting to see if they can use all three of those guys or if it's just two guys. And I thought it was interesting, John, that Kirk mentioned uh, at the, you know at the post spring game press conference that in addition to defensive back, which is obvious that that true freshmen have a chance at, and wide receiver, what we talked about the true freshman, he thought that maybe a true freshman running back. Uh, has a chance to get on the field, which I didn't see that in the puzzle. Um, but who knows? We don't know what Keyshawn Bryan brings or Ivory Kelly Martin. Maybe they come in here, and we see, we've seen in the past that it's a position where guys can play early. So even though Torn and, and Tokes have that head start, they have that year under their belt, you never know. You get Keyshawn Bryan played in a heck of a program in Fort Thomas Aquinas in, in Florida. Um, he's a nice player. He was committed to South Carolina. We'll see. I, I like the competition at running back. I, I hesitate to say that to jinx that position, but it's it looks as talented as it has uh, depth-wise in quite a while. Yeah, no, they do. They, 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 they look the part. I mean, they've got – I mean, if anything, Tokes and Torrin maybe look more like a prototypical Iowa running back than does Akram, but Akram is doing things that no Iowa running back has done, in my opinion, since at least Tavian Banks and maybe even Ronnie Harmon just with the uh, versatile, you know, tough to – tough to catch skill set but we'll see more and i wonder excuse me john i wonder if that's going to be part of the plan to lessen the load on him a little bit in terms of a ball carry if you've got these other guys that can carry the ball a little bit more put him in different spots put him at in the slot move him around a little bit and maybe you can have him on the field more but maybe not as much wear and tear if you're giving these other guys some carries i'm interested to see if that's part of the plan yeah that'll be an interesting strategy they had him returning they had him fielding punts during spring practices obviously iowa didn't go live on that because you don't want to get somebody killed but kirk certainly mentioned that you know returning punts and returning kicks is something they're going to consider with him just because he is such a dangerous weapon yeah i mean if you give him 15 to 20 carries a game and then you get him out in the slot and you have him returning punts and kicks that's a lot of touches and more touches for Akram the better because he is a legitimate home run threat and Iowa has not had many of those in the Ferentz era yeah he's their best I mean he is I would agree with that and he is by far their best offensive player and that's not to you know to, you know lessen the the value of of, of a matt vandenberg or Noah no fan you, you, don't, or, you don't have to caveat that he's the best player those, he is he's he's like you said he, he's rare around here and i think 
the more ways the creative the, the more ways they can be creative in getting him getting the ball in his hands and, and having a chance to hit that home run that's part of their job this this offseason to figure out how to best use him and how to best utilize him he's just he's not a 25 to 30 carry a game guy so they're going to have to find other ways to get him on the field to give him a chance to hit some home runs because there just aren't that many home run hitters if any anywhere else on the field indeed you mentioned Jake Gervais earlier at safety he had three interceptions returned one for a touchdown in the spring quote-unquote game you know obviously the the real bullets weren't flying we'll learn a lot more about him in September and it's a lot different than in practice when you know the plays um, and you're not having to worry about somebody throwing a ball over your head to a, a six foot four scholarship receiver that Iowa doesn't have but physically he certainly looks the part. I mean, this, this guy looks, you know, he's not lacking anything from a, a strength and, and conditioning standpoint. It will all be between the years. And it sounds like, too, Rob, this was a guy who was actually coming on in his own right before Snyder even had his injury. Yeah, I mean, he walked on from Davenport Assumption, whereas, you know, Brandon Snyder walked on from Inwood West Lion. Um, same year, they're both redshirt juniors, um, so they've both been in the system and, and gotten to learn Phil Parker's defense. Um, and you're right, he's physically, he looks like Brandon Snyder. They look very similar. Jake's a little bit smaller, um, but they both hit very well. Uh, they both understand the defense very well, which you have to at that free safety spot. And if anything came out of the spring game that was comforting, it was that. Because the Brandon Snyder loss worried me a lot when I heard about that because of, and you know this, how important that free safety position is in this defense. Um, and if they can get Jake um, to, to you know continue to, to trend up, um, which it looked like he did this spring, that that's gonna that's gonna patch up um, you know an area that w- could have been really scary with the loss of Brandon Snyder, but now maybe um, they're gonna be okay. Indeed. Anything else stand out to you from your observations um, in the spring game? Yeah, I think for me, John, the linebacker position and the tight end position, and, and we've we've talked about this before recently, they've recruited a lot of guys that are in that linebacker tight end mold. Uh, you know, the 6'3", 6'4", 210 guys coming out of high school um, that can play multiple positions. And I think they're starting to see the fruits of that now a little bit at linebacker um, and at tight end. Both of those positions are a lot deeper than they have been in recent years. Um, so I think that will allow them to, to maybe, if, if they're deficient at wide receiver, or in the secondary where they can't do, you know, go nickel and dime as, as much. And I think they may be able to do that more because I like the three corners, but they've got some more things where they can do, do some different things and help maybe with matchups against the opposition with having the depth at those two key positions. So um, I'm, I'm really, I'm interested for this season as I always am just to see what these coaches can devise and put, their best players in the best positions to make plays and to help this team. Well, let's uh, transition uh, quickly to recruiting. There's been uh, a lot that's gone on. I was picked up some verbal commitments. They've put out a lot of basketball offers. Connor McCaffrey is getting near his decision. So kind of a lot to talk about. Let's talk about, you know, as far as the recruiting front is concerned, let's talk about some commitments that have happened since the last time we've spoken. 
Yeah, they they happened this past weekend. Uh, there were there was a pretty large group of recruits at at uh, the spring game, and I was I was a little concerned with that. I'm not going to lie to you because I didn't know how many kids would be able to get in from distance on a Friday night, missing school and things like that. And mm-hmm. there were a lot of in-state kids, but they had a really good turnout. I mean, they had a lot of their 2017 commits that were here. You know, Amir Smith-Marset from New Jersey was here. Uh, Peyton Mansell was here. Um, it was good to see all those guys, kind of Keyshawn Bryan from Florida was here. Josh Turner was here. They had guys that come in, and, and before they get here in June, it kind of gave them a weekend to kind of hang out and get acclimated um, and, and just kind of network with each other and get to know each other in person that, you know, but they've gotten to know each other uh, through social media and what ha- what have you. But to get back on topic, um, the first commit came from uh, Ezra Miller on Saturday, uh, big offensive lineman from uh, Holstead, Iowa. Um, six, six, I'm trying to think off the top of my head without clicking six, six, two ninety. Um, he's a high school sophomore. Uh, That's crazy. Yeah, that's it's it's a lot different than when we were in high school, man. I don't remember if you saw a kid six six two ninety when you were in high school. If I'm speaking to myself, I'd be like, wow, you know. And now it's more commonplace. You look at Tristan Wirfs, uh, AJ Epinesa. These guys are just so much more developed than we were uh, when we were, you know, we were that age. Of course, it was a long time ago. But I really like Ezra's film. He competed at the. Uh, at the Under Armour event in uh, in Chicago on Sunday, and did really well there by all accounts. He's really he reminds me of Worf's John in, in the fact that he's advanced for his age, both physically and just with his feet and his hands. Um, and even though he's not playing against the the, the top competition in Iowa, he, he you can tell he's he's very seasoned for his age and, and the development over the next two years he's, he's you know a kid that I, I've gotten to know a little bit I, I think work wise he'll, he'll be fine he'll put in the necessary time to, to get better um, another guy that throws and track um, you know the, the discus and the shot um, so a really solid commitment first first kid in two nine, 2019 and he's already starting to, to work on other kids in the class in terms of getting kids to, to you know follow him to Iowa he's taking that you know the banner of being the first guy in the 2019 class seriously and he told me that he wants to help fill out that class with as much talent as possible um and then um sunday we had henry guile from uh green bay wisconsin uh running back who uh just had gotten offered by michigan state uh indiana iowa state a lot of schools uh were starting to come in on him um, I encourage people to, to look at the, the tape of him. I got to see him at the opening in Chicago earlier this month. Uh, he's just really solid, solidly built, um, can catch the ball out of the backfield, a really nice running back. I believe I was only going to take one back in this class, and he was at the top of their board. He was the guy they identified early, and, and, and they kind of double teamed him with Seth Wallace, who initially got on him, and then Tim Polacek, who's now recruiting Wisconsin, um, both both advocated for this kid early on. He got an early offer from Iowa, um, and they just wrote it to, to the commitment. Um, obviously, I, I talked to him about you know the Melvin Gordon situation. If we get a recruit from from Wisconsin, that 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 story is going to pop up. And he handled that question well. Said he's not Melvin Gordon. What Melvin does is his business, but it ain't it ain't Henry's business. Uh, and he's all Iowa. And as you know, you never know what's going to happen in recruiting, uh, but 
it seems like he's all in, at least in April. Um, we'll see how, if he can make it to February. Um, but that's part of the, you know, that's part of the job now, John, is more than it used to be when you got kids to verbally commit in the fall and the winter before signing day. There wasn't as much work that went into building that relationship from that point forward and keeping those commitments. That's much more part of the job now is to get these right. kids, once you get them, to continue to build that relationship and make them continue to feel wanted that you're that they've made the right choice. Indeed. And when Rob says the Melvin Gordon situation, I, I know some of you listening don't follow recruiting as close as everybody does. Melvin Gordon, a, a running back, fine running back for Wisconsin, great career, phenomenal career, now in the NFL. Um, he had verbally committed to Iowa, and he was committed to Iowa for a few months. He's from the state of Wisconsin, and then uh, he wound up decommitting from Iowa. This was back in 2010. Um, and then committed to Wisconsin. So Iowa fans have been a little bit leery since then of that happening. And, uh, you know, in the, yeah, in, the in the story that you wrote with him, this is a really a key difference. He's not from the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. He doesn't have in-state allegiances. Yeah, he's got a really interesting backstory that I've, I've talked with him about doing a little bit more in-depth story. He was born in Florida um, and was adopted early on, doesn't know his birth parents, um, and was raised in, in Wisconsin, um, and uh, he was raised around Wisconsin. And, and he told me when I talked to him in Chicago that you know he knows Wisconsin football. That's what he grew up watching. But it never he never felt a close connection to them. Um, he, he rooted for the Gators instead. Um, so yeah, there's that factor as well. Um, and, and on a side note from that, Iowa lost a commitment from Wisconsin last right. night. Mike Bruner, the, the 2018 linebacker, who was the first commitment in this class, who I got to see in Chicago as well. Um, I, I do feel better that they've, they've um, you know, they've added players to that linebacker position in recent years. Um, they've got Dylan Doyle in this class. I, you never like to see a kid leave or decommit if the coaches have identified him as a player that uh, they like and, and they feel is a good fit for the program. And I like Mike a lot as a kid, but I'm glad that he made the choice now to back away and you know re-examine things rather than to wait further into the process. And, and people got to realize that th this is a really hard decision for these kids. A lot of times it's not just with Iowa, it's, it's elsewhere. They get really into a school and they're like, okay, I'm going to commit. And then over time they realize that maybe it's not the right choice or, or maybe they should, they, they acted too quick. Um, you know, and that's worked in Iowa's favor at times and other times it's worked against them. It's just, it's just part of this recruiting process. So it's unfortunate they lost one. They're back down to three commitments, but it's a smaller class and they've already got a linebacker in this class. So not a huge loss, but still tough to see. Let's call it like it is. Iowa really didn't want him anyway. Yeah, that's that's the narrative we need to promote here. But that's right. Uh, yeah. That's right. Any any uh, anything else? Uh, just to touch on the basketball kids a little bit yeah. um, for the basketball recruiting folks. Um, obviously, Iowa only has, or maybe it's not obvious to people, but for people that don't know, they only have one scholarship for the 2018 class, which is are the kids that will be um, juniors next year. Is that right? No, seniors next year. Mm -hmm. um, and. Well, obviously, that's not going anywhere, at least as far as 
Hawkeye fans hope that Joe Wieskamp sticks with that with that commitment. He's the best player in the state, regardless of class, in my opinion. And that's again no disrespect to anybody else, um, but they unless somebody leaves, they only have one scholarship for next year, um, and that's Dom Yule's scholarship. So they're really starting to look to the 19 class, and it's obvious that Fran wants a point guard. He offered Jeremiah Francis uh, out of uh, Columbus, Ohio, and Ty Terry out of Minneapolis this week. Um, you know, as, as point guards, pretty highly regarded point guards in that class um, and then yesterday offered Trace Jackson Davis a power forward out of uh, the Indianapolis area um, people will remember his dad Dale Davis of the Indiana Pacers mm-hmm. uh, played at Clemson um, and, and killed my Knicks too many times to remember <laughs> along with Reggie Miller so um, I, I try to uh, to put that the personal feelings to the back burner and this kid is really if you watch his film he's left handed does a lot of his work inside now um, but you got to remember he's only a sophomore in high school and uh, some really good potential there so Fran's getting to work on that 2019 class uh, which will be the class where they lose Bear Wagner Ellingson um, so the, the, that's a huge class for Iowa, that 2019 class. And Fran seems to be uh, hard at work at that. Um, a lot of A. This is a big time for AAU, as you know, John, through the month of May and then back again in July. So a lot of basketball recruiting news out there. Indeed, and since we've last spoken, um, we've added a new feature at HawkeyeNation.com. We've added a premium message board. All the free message boards that you've come to know are still free, but we added a specific form for those of you who want to engage, maybe in a little deeper Hawkeye conversation back and forth. Rob and I are in there uh, interacting with all of the members. Uh, It's just $3.99 a month or $36 a year. It's going to be what I say is troll-free. We're not going to allow people just to come in with the intent solely of trying to disrupt conversation and you know wreaking havoc and causing trouble if anybody does that in there we'll take their money we'll not issue a refund and we'll kick them out simple as that no questions asked um i I think that you'll enjoy it i'm actually looking forward to it and i have been enjoying it the week or so that we've gone live with it um just to go and have a serious no not when i say serious discussion i mean we're not talking about cure trying to cure cancer i mean we're staying on topic. We're having, you know, you know, there's some joking in that too, but it's, you know, there's no tough guy bullies in there just coming in to try and prove everybody wrong. And there will be disagreements. There can be this, uh, debates. You don't have to come in and lick my boots. I'm not looking for that either. Um, but it, it's respectful. Um, and there are times, Rob, when you and I will come across things um, with people that we know and talk with that we're just not comfortable tweeting out or we're not comfortable posting on the free boards, but we are a little more comfortable posting it behind a paywall to where the entire world doesn't see it. And I know some of you out there have a hard time understanding what that might be. I can't really give you an example of it right now per se, but Rob and I have both in private the last, you know, uh, 17, 18 months that we've been reunited at Hawkeye Nation. There's probably been what, Rob, you know, a couple dozen times where we both kind of joked with each other and text or email. Boy, if we had a premium message board, I, I'd be comfortable posting this. Yeah, and, and the big one I think both of us, th- you know, think of pretty quickly is the Eno Benjamin situation yes. where we had information on that as the story was unfolding that we really, you know, needed yeah. to needed to have under wraps and a premium message board would have been a place to discuss something like that as opposed to a free message board. And again, as you said, people, it's hard for people to understand what type of information that is. That's, that's sensitive, so to speak. Um, but we know it when we see it. 
That's right. (laughs) (laughs) There was a, I'm going to leave that alone. There was a once famous definition of that. I can't tell you what it is, but I know it when I see it. Um, So yeah, come on in. I mean, it's again, it's $3.99 per month. You can sign up monthly or you can pay annually, save a little bit because it's 36 a month. So you're looking at saving about a buck a month right there. Come in. You don't like it for a month. You're out $4. I mean, that's like what, less than quarter a day. And I'm not good at math, so I'm not going to even try to do the math on that. It's a lot less than a quarter a day. So just go to Hawkeye nation.com click on forums and you'll see the hn extra forum right there that'll do it for this installment of the hn podcast thank you all for listening want to tell you this we've got our sales team out working on podcast sponsors and meeting with several people exciting some exciting names people very interested uh, in one of the most listened to uh, college sports podcasts there is in these united states because you iowa fans make all the difference for rob i'm john we'll talk to you soon